I'm Junie Felix, and this is Moving Forward, Tiny Habits for Successful Soul Care. Thank you so much for taking just a few minutes to listen, and I hope and I pray that you and I can encourage one another to walk by faith and to live out of love instead of fear more and more every single day. How great are you at noticing the details? You know, the little things that are often overlooked, even the tiny things that most people wouldn't give a second thought. If you are one of those folks that's good at the details, I believe that you have a distinct advantage in life because noticing the details, the tiny things, that's the key to living a life of sincere, sustainable gratitude. Now, I'm more of a big picture visionary person, but noticing the details, if you're, if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, no, that's definitely not me. And you're like me and you're kind of a free spirit all over the place. I have good news for you because I have become very good at noticing the details, the tiny things, because it is a skill. And I love that. Anything that's a skill, that's something that you and I can become masters at. But if you're already great at noticing the details, congratulations, you have a distinct advantage like I was just saying, in living a life of gratitude. And that's what's on a lot of people's minds, right? This is Thanksgiving week here in the United States. And recently, I was blessed to be a part of a conversation centered around sharing and creating tiny habits for gratitude. You know, tis the season to be thankful. And I personally consider gratitude and the ability to find a reason to be thankful as superfood for the soul. There it is right there. Yeah, gratitude is superfood for the soul. Got a nice little rhyme there to it. I mean, life is better every single day when you and I become masters of appreciation, you know, like superheroes. I'm a master of appreciation, even and especially when life is less than the best, even in adversity, disappointment, grief, strategically and systematically designing a mindset of gratitude brings our life to life. And I love that compound word mindset, because what we set our minds to, that's what manifests in our lives. And if we set our minds on complaining, we eventually and quickly become blind to everything that's good. It's, it's an instant way to become blind to everything that's good. Just complain. But if we set our minds on what's worthy of noticing and what's worthy of celebrating, no matter how tiny, life becomes a living and more important than a living, a loving adventure. And we're able to find reasons to be thankful even in the valleys. Now, not only is gratitude superfood for the soul, I think it's one of the best ways to gamify your life. Now, as a kid and a teenager, I played a lot of video games. In my house, we have a culture of console gaming. There's PC gaming and there's console gaming. And there's a little bit of PC gaming going on in my house, but there's a whole lot of console gaming. We actually have 10 consoles in different rooms of our house because many of the video games are not cross-platform. That's a whole other story. But one or all of the members of my household is playing a video game at some time through the day, every day, because my dude and I, we grew up gaming. We met as 15-year-olds. We played video games all the time. And so, of course, our sons, our two sons, they, they just game it up. It's part of our family culture. And so when we were kids, 15-year-olds, we were playing video games with each other, with, our, with me, with my siblings, with our friends who had games. And I was the street fighter queen in the ninth grade. I mean, never to be beat. I was Chun-Li, and no one dared step up. And when they did, they were sorry 
sorry they did. <laughs> so we still play just about every night. Uh, right now, it's Mario Kart 8 and uh, Pokemon. And so I've often joked that the best cure for marital and relational problems is video games. And I'm not even kidding. Because no matter how bad things get, even at their very worst, if my guy says, do you want to play Final Fantasy? My answer is always yes. So... No, I haven't forgotten about gratitude. I didn't go off on some video game rabbit trail or goose goose chase. I'm sharing all of this because I believe that gaming is one of the ways I learned, one of the, the ways that I developed a mindset of gratitude. Gaming helped me to master the art of appreciation. First of all, as a, a kiddo who was just growing up in chaos and trauma and drama, I mean, gaming for so many of us was our escape where we could dream and even be a part of something so much different and good and better. And so gaming is one of the ways that I mastered the art of appreciation. I mean, one of my favorite genres of video games are RPGs or role-playing games. And these are the games where you become the hero, you embark on a quest to save the world or the realm or the multiverse. And in this quest, you gather up your allies, you learn your skills, you, you, you trust your team, but you have to pay very careful attention to every detail. And it's a story-based, a linear story-based, I mean, there's side quest, of course, but you are on your way to save the whole realm. And if you see something shiny, <laughs> this is where the gratitude comes in. Anytime you see something shiny or sparkly, maybe on the ground, hidden in a bush, in a deep cave, you grab it up because you know it's a good item that you need to level up, to gain a new skill, to replenish depleted party members, and eventually beat all the bosses even the final boss. So you get in the habit of looking for these tiny things that you know are going to help your journey. And without grabbing up every little treasure, you're not going to beat the game. Even when it's challenging, finding that missing tiny component encourages you to keep going. It reminds you that if you just keep moving forward, you are going to win the day. Now think about that in matters of life and the journey, and especially the healing journey if you're a trauma survivor. Now as a Christian, I believe that God has woven in this concept all throughout the scriptures and all throughout our lives of faith. One of my favorite tiny verses says it like this, in all things give thanks because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And maybe you've heard someone say, I just want to know what God wants. What do you want from me? You hear people shout to the Lord, you know, and Christians say it this way. They say, I want to know God's will for my life. It's a common spiritual concern. But the scriptures, they make it, scriptures like the one I just shared, in all things give thanks. And this is from the book of 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament, in all things give thanks, because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for every human being to be thankful. And why is that? Well, he created all things and he created us to live off of his love. I mean, humans need love like video game, like you need a video game controller. Uh, you need batteries. Vid humans need love like video game controllers need batteries. There we go. There's a good analogy there. And love is all about tiny, sequential, continual acts of appreciation. And even I can add to that, human beings need love as much as our our electronics, our, our consoles, video games, whatever, your laptop needs a power source. We need that love. And so that's why God created us with this need to master the skill of appreciation. 
And love is all about tiny, sequential, continual acts of appreciation. First, noticing, then delighting in, then admiring, then appreciating and serving and starting all over again. Noticing and appreciating what's good, delighting in what's good together, and then starting all over again. There's the cycle there. There's the system. And study after study has proven that gratitude is good for the overall well-being of the human creature. I think of how my mentor, Dr. B.J. Fogg, says that it's great for the overall well-being of humans. So the tiny habit of noticing what's good, no matter how tiny, that's why it's superfood for your soul. We are a species that looks for and loves easy. Come on, let's just keep it real, which can be great and not so great because complaining is easy. That's why so many people do it. And there's even some 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 researchers who believe that we're born with a negativity bias or that many people have a learned negativity bias. I'm more in favor of the second one, that it is a learned negativity bias. I really, really believe that. And I think it's because it's easy to analyze what's right there quickly and make a super fast lightning judgment, you know? Looking for what's not obvious, like what's good in a scenario, especially when it's in a trial or a a situation where there's some fear, looking for what's not obvious takes cognitive effort and it takes energy, which is why we lean toward negativity when we're tired. Looking for what's good takes energy and creativity, and creativity takes courage. Even tiny creativity takes courage, especially in a time of adversity. I heard a really great quote on NPR the other day. A question was asked, and I'm probably not remembering it perfectly, but I think it was something like this. It was a quick spot. If you could say only one sentence that would be remembered forever, what would it be? And so a bunch of people were responding, and one of the, one of the ladies who responded said, respond creatively to fear. And I had to make a note of that. That's good. Respond creatively to fear. So let's go back to that idea, the type of person that you aspire to be. I mean, do you want to be the type of person who responds to frustration, disappointment, confusion, fear, fatigue with negativity? You know those people. They suck all the energy out of the room when they walk in. Do you want to be that type of person? Or somewhere on the spectrum of that type of person, which always makes every and any situation worse? Or do you ascribe to become and remain the type of person who responds creatively with gratitude, even when the situation is not ideal? Reframing your mindset is a great place to start if you're working toward the aspiration or objective of becoming someone who is thankful first and consistently. I mean, this is legacy stuff here. You know, if you want to gamify your life, make it fun by looking for everything that's good and worthy of celebration. Gamify your life. Make it fun. Even keep score. At the end of your day, these are all the things that I'm so thankful for. Or the start of the day, even better, because then you can spark some hope to launch into the new day. Do you want to be the kind of person who's in the habit of noticing even the tiny good things that might otherwise be missed? Something as simple as being thankful to not be alone when life takes a turn for the worst can be someone's saving grace maybe even yours. Celebrating what's good and noticing what's beautiful, noble, praiseworthy, and valuable, hey, there's a whole nother scripture about that, is a good legacy to have. One that will shine light into dark places and spaces all along the way in your journey. So if you decide to think of it like a quest, 
like I mentioned in the video games, it makes life a lot more fun. And fun is one of the most powerful anecdotes to fear. So go ahead, game on, and shine bright with gratitude. Thanks so much for keeping me company for a little while again today. For more encouraging resources for your healing journey, including my new book, You Are Worth the Work, Moving Forward from Trauma to Faith, please stop by juniefelix.com. That's J-U-N-I felix.com.